Hello, everybody. I'm Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do Daredevil. Daredevil. episode mm-hmm. remote emotionally remote how are you and your family doing jamie we're doing great we uh we, we're adapting to this new lifestyle of uh never leaving the house yeah yeah is it is it been has it been tough for you guys or are people getting stir crazy no a little bit i mean having two kids kind of helps because they're pretty adaptable and you have to make sure that you're you're communicating to them that it's all okay you don't want to freak out and make them yeah. think anything's happening but no, they're, they're handling it okay. I mean, they got schoolwork. They go on their tablets for that and speak to friends on there. I think that's the main thing. It's like there's such it's uh, this is going to be so weird for a whole generation of people who are just like, okay, here's several months of no human contact. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. How are you going to cope with that? Yeah, and I know this is not a general comic book podcast. This is just about Daredevil, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's interesting what's going on right now with uh, comic books about how Diamond is not accepting new uh, uh, submissions for Marvel and DC or anybody, and they're not putting out any new comic books every week, which is the first time this has happened in yeah. a really long time. And they're not paying anybody, which is kind of a <laughs> dark move by them. And it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, I know uh, DC have, have put stuff out digitally, digitally, and mm-hmm. Marvel have basically put the brakes on everything. Um, put the hold on a whole bunch of projects so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i hope uh i hope creators out there aren't suffering too much and uh, yeah you know no i agree and, and some of the more fortunate ones uh they've been doing uh some pretty cool stuff have you seen what uh, jim lee's been doing it's pretty neat he's doing a sketch a day for 60 days and yeah, putting I'm, them up for auction on ebay and, and everything goes to this charity that's going to help comic book stores that are struggling mm-hmm. and uh, i mean his pieces have been selling for over ten thousand bucks a piece so it's oh. it's pretty cool you picked up any are you uh... you know unfortunately that's a little bit out of my budget yeah. jamie well our fans uh, will so. step up i know that they uh they're, they're <laughs> well known for for helping yeah. us out with this stuff no, but there's some other other artists and people that are doing that too, which is it's really cool that you mm-hmm. know, people that can that can afford to do this, and it's 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 been pretty uh, it's been pretty kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah, he's a big cheese over at DC now, right? So he's got a yeah, yeah. I mean, when it's all said and done, his pieces are gonna. I mean, if it's continuing the way it is, it's gonna bring in well over a half a million dollars. That's gonna go to comic book shops. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I ordered a bunch of stuff, and that's a a, a little. Uh, what do you call them? PSA. A little PSA for everyone. If you have a hold list at a comic book shop or anything like that, you should contact the shop and ask if you have anything outstanding and see if they do a mail or delivery service and pay it mm-hmm. up because uh, so many of them are dependent on that cash flow to keep just the basics going. I know there's a lot of um, SBAs and loan thingies that you can take out, but this is just don't leave your, your hold list sitting there collecting mm-hmm. dust. Unless, of course, you're struggling, then by all means, you know, look after yourselves. Right. Weird times. Weird times. Oh, yeah. Well, Speaking I guess we can start times. talking about some Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. We can start talking about some Daredevil. Too, right? 
Yeah, we can. Uh, we should start off. We have uh, one little appearance in Wolverine, Volume yes. Two, Issue Seventeen. Um, this is the the start of the next. I, I don't know um, how many creative teams have been on the book until this point, but uh, Issue Sixteen was the uh, six, the, the part six of a six part story that was Peter David and John Buscema um, with Bill Sinkovich as the inker. Um, and it's kind of interesting because this one is um, uh, the writer is Archie Goodwin, mm-hmm. and the penciler is John Byrne, and then you have uh, Klaus, 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 yes. and uh, Al Williamson, and it makes for a really interesting contrast. Um, mm-hmm. You see when uh, John Byrne is being John Byrne because it looks very much like a John Byrne drawing, and then you see. When uh, Al Williamson is inking John Byrne because it looks very much like a John Byrne drawing, and then when Klaus comes in, it's just like, eh, John, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I got this." Um, and it's 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 some beautiful artwork in there. Some really nice. I I'm uh, I really John Byrne is one of my least favorite Daredevil artists. Um, mm. I don't know what it is. There's something about the way he draws Daredevil that I don't like. But in this story, um, it looks so much more like. Uh, Klaus Janssen stuff. That yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Yeah. And uh, when I started reading this issue, I was super excited because I think I mentioned this last podcast was that every time that uh, Daredevil and um, uh, Wolverine share the page, it's always yeah. been really exciting so far. And, and then yeah. I read this issue, <laughs> and uh, they do not share any um, page time, screen time together. No, that's just um, a little uh, yeah. a little inserty side story that goes on. Basically, Wolverine is. We start with Wolverine out in in, in the outback. And this mm-hmm. is during the X-Men period where they are in Australia and they're using the Aboriginal mutant gateway to travel to and from the world because as far as the world is concerned, the X-Men died. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are they're kind of in, an invisible strike team that's helping mutant them out at this stage. <clears throat> and have and Wolverine, like it really surprised me how animalistic they made him at the beginning because you always, you know, they always kind of talk about, you know, how, you know, his scent is like an animal and, and he does, yeah. you know, kind of have that little part of him. But I mean, at the very beginning, I mean, he's hunting a wild boar yeah, and he's eating it raw. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's intense. Yeah. And- yeah they, they kind of, they, they use this a lot where they talk about the animal side of him and it, it was a lot more present when he... I mean, when you first saw him, he was kind of just a, an everything sort of Canadian superhero that didn't really have much, except that he was kind of wild and mm-hmm. and fine. But then they really, uh, Chris Claremont especially, really built on this idea of him being a savage animal. And they've tamed him down over the years as he's gotten older and kind of the, the, the adult in the room in a lot of uh, uh, stories for the X-Men. Um, so is this pretty common then for him to eat raw boar? Uh, they've shown him attacking animals in the past. Um, the but I didn't know that he would eat them raw. Yeah, he's he's a okay. little little feral monkey. Well, a uh, little feral, not a monkey. He's he's hairy like a monkey. Um, he uh, so he go like you said. He goes and kills a boar and eats it raw. And then Storm comes in, washes the blood off of him with her rain, and he says, you know, I don't want to. I don't. I have this urge, this animal urge to do stuff. I don't want you to see it. Um, I don't want the X-Men, the X-Men are my family. I never want them to see it. And she says, we, because you're a family, we accept everything about you. You've got to get mm-hmm. over this. And then he says, you know, I've got to go and do some stuff in uh, Madripoor where he's been <laughs> patched for the last uh, 16 issues or so. 
Yeah, he's been uh, he, right now. He he got into a, a, a I guess it was a setup paid brawl with Roughhouse. Yeah, right? well, it's where, it's where people come in and they put um, you know it's bets a, down on who's going to win yeah. between the two. Of I them. think he just has a fight with him, and then people he knows that people are going to put bets down. But it's oh, okay. I wasn't exactly clear. So it, yeah. it's it's a random fight that he actually he's. He goes. He seeks it out because he wants to kind of start to feel normal again. So that's it's, when he yeah, goes and finds Roundhouse and, and and gives him the beat down and and people are betting and, and he's getting a take of it too, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he got some nice couple of hits and he says that uh, um, is it what is it Roughhouse isn't it Roughhouse Roughhouse yeah Roughhouse yeah. can handle it so he knows that he can let loose. But the whole point of this is that he's fed the animal by uh, eating raw meat and being very kind of feral, and now he's bringing the he's, he's keeping the animal in control and refining that human aspect but he says but it's still good to push it to the limit to remind him that he can control it he can pull it back so he goes in and he has this fight with uh, rough house um where they really go at each other but there's all these bets going on side bets and one thing i wanted to point out that's actually really cool with this issue uh-huh. is um I really like the end, and I don't know, I haven't read very much of the self-titled Wolverine series. I, mm-hmm. I read more of the, the X-Men book, but I really like his internal monologue throughout this issue. Yeah. And it, it really makes his character more complex, and it's just cool to see the way, that, or to, I guess to read the way that he thinks about the situations as they are happening, mm-hmm. and he kind of explains them, and it really sounds like his voice. Yeah. Like it's, you know, the you know the ruggedness, the toughness, the Wolverine-esque of this internal monologue is very it's very fun to read mm-hmm. yeah um and then what happens is that uh after the the klaus jansen looking fight uh a john byrne looking character comes in and uh, <laughs> uh pays some money and actually buys uh roughhouse um and then goes through and does a series of uh, uh dealings with all of the uh corrupt aspects of madripoor's uh, society this yeah, hand, he, had, he had a shipment of drugs that was i guess captured confiscated taken from this other rival gang or whatever he, mm-hmm. he goes and he goes and buys it back with cash just as simple as that and he's like we're, we're going to be out of your country yeah just let me buy back the drugs i'm taking rough house with me yeah he's uh he's very like structured and you know just walks he's got a hat on his face is kind of hidden in the shadows mm-hmm. you kind of see he's got some scar tissue on his face yeah and it's just sort of like you know it's just kind of cash money by. everywhere, yeah, and uh, and and we find out that um, the the cocaine, the drugs that were coming in, were confiscated uh, because of Patch getting involved, Patch being Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to the next morning where uh, Wolverine is smelling the air and talking about how like the Madripoor is the perfect place for him because it lets him be as close to the animal as a human he can be, um, and he you know he can he can be involved and not worry about consequences and and people have been kind enough not to say hey you're just wolverine in an eye patch and uh, <laughs> yeah and carry on and uh, and he has a he has a relationship with uh, someone who was one of the uh, the, the sort of uh, gang heads there uh, tiger tiger and they, they've got a good thing going on he's kind of they've brought out the best in each other in his mind um, and then he smells the shipment of cocaine moving he actually smells it on the air Oh, and he recognizes it as being the same cocaine that yeah. he helped yeah. take in earlier. And you know, Daredevil could smell that stuff, but he doesn't. Uh, of course he could, of course. And, and, and speaking of Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil's about to make an appearance. Right after we get this little bit where we find out that everything's going to be kind of traveled via boat. Yeah. And um, that Roughhouse is, is with our mysterious uh, our mysterious guy. Our mysterious guy uh, is get, shipping Roughhouse yeah. and the cocaine. And uh, then we cut to uh, Hell's Kitchen. 
Yeah, and we've got Wolverine where he makes his his appearance, and there's this guy that he's taking down, and his name is Hammer Cody. Hammer Cody, he's a heavyweight boxer who got involved with crack cocaine, and um, uh, he's he's on some variant of PCP. They love using PCP to make people go crazy. And And what's cool about this is the reason Daredevil makes this little cameo is, is because Wolverine, while he is chasing after the cocaine is kind Mm -hmm. of retelling this story. Um, and it's his dialogue. It's his internal dialogue, um, describing what happened in hell's kitchen where Daredevil ends up taking down, um, hammer Cody. And it's kind of funny because when you listen to, uh, Wolverine talk about it, he, he, he doesn't know that Wolverine is, or that Daredevil is blind, but the way that he talks about it, he says stuff that that's pretty interesting, you know, like, you know, he, it's never been proven that he has any superpowers. Mm-hmm. He has incredible blind determination, you know, blind is written yeah. bold. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a great, uh, one page fight sequence, um, where, uh, it's just nice fluid movement. It's it's basically a heavyweight boxer on PCP throwing wild punches at Daredevil as he dodges them. And he is able to match the fight, but then he, the Wolverine basically says that he has the tactics and skills that help him to prevail. Um, and this is a flashback story. This is, this is mm-hmm. the, um, but it, it's, it's, it's nice artwork. It very much looks like Klaus Janssen and except for there's a couple of shots where John Byrne does, he's a very Byrne-esque, uh, Daredevil face. Uh, Daredevil thinks he's taken down, uh, Cody, um, and then gets blindsided, ho, ho, <laughs> um, gets hit over the back of the head when the police come, he's talking about how the, he needs uh, emergency care and then, uh, Hammer Cody smacks him in the back of the head. And that was that was kind of head. that was interesting to me, Jamie, mm-hmm. because that did not make any sense. Because Daredevil should have he looked like he's, he's completely you know he wasn't hitting the head too hard. He should yeah. have been able to sense that Cody was coming up behind exactly, him. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a quick way of getting to the point where basically Hammer Cody gets shot, and then um, uh, the we we have a we go back to the present day where Wolverine is. Um, we don't see Wolverine yet, but there's a, a ship where the guy who was doing all the deals and we see his very um, uh, enhanced, cybernetic enhancements all over his body and he looks like an older scar-tissued gentleman, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he's going to perform a series of experiments on uh, Roughhouse. Um, and he says the last guy I did this on died, but you know you should be a little tougher, you should be able to handle this. Um, and then we see that Wolverine is climbing onto the boat um, great splash page yeah it's a really nice and he, he mentions that the the ship is actually a u.s uh, navy vessel and they've tried to hide it but he's uh, he knows what it is um that's where he says as he's climbing on he says i hear something that i've never heard and it's the sound of rough house screaming and that's how the issue ends yeah it, it, it was it was fun it was fun to read i i like wolverine a lot it, it mm-hmm. feels like daredevil was kind of just pushed upon this issue as, as a way to maybe like get readers to uh, jump over to daredevil books. Like, Hey, check out this other cool superhero that you can read about. Cause it doesn't really make too much sense no. while that scene is in there. No, it's just a chance to get another superhero into it. But normally when you bring in another superhero, it's usually to interact with the main characters in the title. Yeah, exactly. But since there's no interaction, it kind of seemed like it was one of those situations where, you know, Hey, check out daredevil. He's cool. Go read about him in you know in in Daredevil yeah. on sale every month. And at least you know Wolverine wasn't too 
mean and harsh to him. He's normally quite dismissive of Daredevil as like a yeah. I love their relationship. That's yeah. why I was super <laughs> excited to read this issue. And then and, and and I remember I was reading it. I was about halfway through, and I'm like. I don't think Daredevil is going to pop up in this issue. Does not make any sense? And then all of a sudden, why would he be in Matrepol? <laughs> yeah. All right. So that that takes care of that. And today we are going to talk about. I think it's five. Yeah, Dare- two no, seven six. one through two seven six. I believe, isn't it? Yeah, six Daredevil issues. Same creative team across the board, which yeah, is always yeah. fun and exciting. These and it's any John Romita Junior, Williamson, Max Shell. Mm-hmm. These are really these are some strange things that happen in these issues, Jamie. Across yeah. the board, it's pretty strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, Two seventy one. Uh, we have a, it's a great cover. It's Daredevil jumping with what seems to be like a huge spotlight shining on him as mm-hmm. he leaps forward. Um, and we start off. It's this is called Genetrics. Um, we start off with a, a a character who we met a while ago who crashed a plane. Yeah, uh, Daredevil ended up jumping off of a, a Greyhound bus or, yeah, or the equivalent train. of a Greyhound bus. It was a train. A train, yeah, yeah. sorry, a train. And he uh, he ends up saving this guy from his plane before it explodes. Uh-huh. Skip And Ash he's incredibly grateful to Daredevil and gives him a card saying, here's my sister's info. Like, if you ever, you know, like, you know, you need a job or whatever, you have it. Mm-hmm. And he's just thrilled that he finds out that this guy's blind, that Daredevil is blind, obviously. Yeah. He's in his Matt Murdock garb, we should say. Yeah. Um, because he was carrying a whole bunch of illegal drugs, cocaine and some firearms and weapons. Mm-hmm. And Daredevil, of course, you know, smelt it and knew it was that, but doesn't really react, doesn't turn him into stop because if if you all remember correctly daredevil sort of on this traveling man thing right now where he's going across the country traveling to places out of new york and he's just trying to find himself again after everything that happened with kingpin and typhoid mary and all that stuff yeah a lot of this these stories are about how his instinct is to help people Mm -hmm. and uh, him basically move into trying find out whether that's him or not whether that truly if he truly is a hero um and the, the 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 opening of this story we see it's about um uh industrialized food production yeah so they're really graphic with the with the descriptions and stuff and i mean this guy the, the guy that he saved his name is spike right skip skip is, ash say again skip ash skip not skip yes mm-hmm. skip yeah and um i you know he's drawn like um was was magnum pi yeah. it's the same type of hair uh, same big mustache, flowery type of shirts, and uh, he he owns. Obviously, he's wealthy, and and we know that he deals with cocaine and firearms because of what happened in a previous issue. Mm-hmm. But he also, you know, I guess his main business, or at least his cover up main business, is um, is uh, is farming and uh, raising livestock and chickens mm-hmm. and um, and pigs and everything. And we yeah. find out that he's not very humane. Uh, he it's all about genetic enhancements and finding out how to make the most amount of money no matter the treatment that you're doing to animals and he's very open about it and he's like yeah i don't care whatever is he yeah. talking to is the foreman you know the, you know the, the other people that are that work for the uh the farm and they're yeah. like you know what who cares like he, he you know skips like just you know you make their whatever we can do to get their their chicken wings bigger he yeah. even says like let's get the, the pigs you know we should chop off find out how to raise pigs without any legs because they're going to keep fall they're falling through the crates or you know they're the, the yeah, they're the they're on grates. They're, they're, he's talking about how uh, how crammed the, the guy's yeah. going through, and he's saying, you know, the the pigs are so crammed in that they're kind of losing strength, and they uh, their legs break off them when they're standing. 
on these bars. We've been pumping them full of antibiotics and drugs and we've been genetically engineering stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, well, if they're breaking their legs, it's not like they need them. They're not going outside. Why don't we just yeah. breed them without legs? Who cares? You know, just mm-hmm. get the meat coming. And the chickens, they're talking about how they've removed the beaks so they can't attack each other. And some of them, have, it mentions that some of them have been self-mutilating. Um, and he says, you know, we've got to increase the size of the wings because there's a big chicken wing craze mm-hmm. going across America and we want to make sure that we get as much money as possible out of them. Um, he's a pretty nasty piece of work. Well, he's not a nasty piece of work. He's involved in a nasty industry. And to counter that, we meet his daughter, who is Brandy, Brandy mm-hmm. Ash, who um, hates their relationship because she has to keep asking him for money and help. But she's actually a... Um, uh, she's she's an animal rights liberator or animal rights activist. Isn't that so? It's so the characters that Anna Santi like that she creates are so multi layered. Mm-hmm. It's insane because, mm-hmm. like as you mentioned, she's she hates what her dad does for a living, but she's going to take all of her dad's money because she even said like I tried to survive without it, but I realized I need the money. I need this yeah. lifestyle, but I don't mm-hmm. like what he does. But I want to. I want. I want to reap the benefits of it. Yeah, and it, and Skip really Multi-layer. plays up to it. Yeah, multi-layer. Skip plays up to it. He says to her, you know, you you know, you want to ask me for money, so let's let's hear it. Let's hear you <laughs> beg, kind of approach. And she just she's mad. She's uh, pretty. She, we see her working off some steam about it by working on the um, not the parallels. What do you call them? The bars. Like a, a gymnastic. She has a little gymnastic mm-hmm. area in a in a barn, and um, Daredevil's outside. He's listening in and talking about how good she is on the bars, but he, how. You know, he wants to find out more about this character, this Skip, and he's kind of watching it on Brandy. And she loads up. She says, you know, I've got an idea. I've got his money, but I've got an idea of how to really hurt him, uh, him being her father. And she puts a gun and several grenades on her back and jumps into a truck and drives off. Um, There's a great sequence where Daredevil is on top of the truck and uh, they're driving along and she spots the shadow of Daredevil on the truck. She looks out of the window and spots that there's someone on top of the truck. And she says, that's kind of impressive that I couldn't hear him get on. He must be quite skilled. And there's mm-hmm. a great moment where we see both of them are actually pretty good at what they do in a way. Um, so she starts driving erratically and uh, Daredevil's on top and he just climbs on the truck and says, all right, calm down. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. not, it, this is some ruthless yeah. driving girl. He says, hey, hey, cut it out. What? Um, and then he says, she, she mentions that she... Uh, she says, look, someone's hiding on my roof. I want to know what's going on. And he goes, look, I know your father. And she gets mad and drives into a... She, she knocks him off by driving close to a tree to knock him off of the It's side almost of the like gun. she sideswipes a tree. Yeah. And Daredevil gets hit by it. And, yeah. and he, he rolls on the ground. Because, yeah, because in that next page, on that first panel, we can see she lost her um, her rearview mirror. Or oh, yeah, we see the, the, the side mirror is on the floor smashed. Yeah. yeah. Good eye. I didn't see that before. And Daredevil plays possum. She comes up and Daredevil does a couple of swoosh kicks. And yeah. we find out that she is very acrobatic. And she's even thinking to herself, because we're hearing her internal mon- or yeah. her internal dialogue. And she's like, man, I, I shouldn't have fell for that. You know, th- this guy, you know, he's obviously pretty good. And and she attempts to just, you know, sock him in the face. And Daredevil, yeah. of course, does the move to left, do to right, yeah. and and uh, dodges all the punches. And and is easy, and he easily is able to um, restrain her. And all he wants to do is get information. Yeah, 
He says, why do you have grenades on a belt? Why are yeah. you carrying a bunch of explosives? What's going on? Yeah. We cut back to the farm, the factory farm. And yeah, there's just, some more uh, stuff. This yeah. The first time was about pigs. This time mm. it's about chickens. This is where we talk about the chicken wings and everything. And, yeah, and we also and, discovered there's genetic experiments yes. going on. There's an entire laboratory underneath the farm, uh, mm-hmm. of, of the, the uh, industrial farm area up top. And... Um, uh, Skip is actually growing humans. There's a, or he's engineering humans. We should say he, he's engineering a bunch of females. Um, so it, it was a little unclear to me. Did he actually take women and then give them like, and then genetically change them uh, to his liking? There was a. We find out when we meet one of the the characters that was involved in it. We find out that they applied for this program. Oh, and okay. he's okay. using it to pre, uh, reprogram their minds and to make them basically like ramp everything up inside of them. Uh, and he's built it. He has one in particular that he's really doting on. That's number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is the one that he's got his eye on that he wants. Yeah, to he says wife. she's perfect, a living Barbie doll, yeah. a cheerleader. And uh, see, so and he he talks to the doctor or the guy that's in charge, you know, yeah. of this division, and, and says, "Hey, couldn't we just wake her up for just a few hours?" It's obviously very clear that Skip is the guy with the money and the ideas, but doesn't really understand how everything works. Yeah, and the guy <laughs> says, "That's uh, that's not a good idea. She will be. We we don't know what she'll be like when she gets out emotionally and mentally. She could be reckless. She could be dangerous." And he says, "Good. I I don't want I don't want a boring mate." Yeah, because he even tries to sell Skip on some of the other ladies that mm-hmm. that they've uh, that they've been genetically altering. Yeah, and he saying, says that these ones are more calm. These ones are more ladylike. They're more they're they're going to be a good wife. All this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I want this number nine. I want the wild one. I don't want the boring ones. Yeah, um, we cut back to uh, to Brandy and and Daredevil. They're talking about what's going on. She mentions about how all of the meat industry is horrible and how they mistreat animals and how her plan is to expose this um, because she wants the world to know how badly we treat animals in in the farming industry and see and this is this part was really weird for me because daredevil then agrees to go with her and he says i'm not gonna stop you unless i feel like you're doing this for the wrong reasons or if you know if, if, if things you, are going to get out do, of hand. You, you're being bad about it or whatever. Yeah. But he actually goes with her yeah. and is allowing her to destroy her father's farm. And it's it, this is so out of character for Daredevil because you had mentioned, Jamie, that Daredevil right now is trying to kind of find himself. And he's inherently or he's figuring out that you know, he, he towards he always goes towards the right, the righteous path. About he's always trying to help people. Yeah. Good. Yeah, but she says, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not context. gonna hurt anyone. I'm not gonna hurt anything. The idea is to, the explosives are there to make a loud noise. I've got a, a film crew for a news station that are in a helicopter. They're there to capture the Big Bang and see the treatment of the animals. Then I'm gonna make a video of the animal treatment, and then we're gonna get out of there. The idea isn't to, it's it's disruptive rather than destructive, and. Um, <laughs> It's but her diet, like even when she's talking to, to Daredevil about it, Daredevil realizes that her motives are a little off because, yeah. for instance, um, they're standing, they're inside and uh, the explosion has happened and there's a whole bunch of pigs. And he says to her, it's like, look at these pigs, Brandy. They're, they're terrified. Is this liberation? And she's like, that's not the point. The issue's bigger than a few scared pigs. So she doesn't even care about what's in front of her. She's thinking about the bigger picture, mm-hmm. which kind of, it, it just doesn't seem, you know, 
yeah. like the right thing to do. <laughs> and then um, Daredevil hears a siren, um, and they as they're leaving, she sets a little explosive that goes off, and we see that the lab, um, the Daredevil senses that there's stuff in there in what they blew up, which was a lab, and he says, "That's weird. That's like." She didn't mention this lab, and I can sense all of this stuff in there. It smells like a laboratory, and I think I just heard a heartbeat. And we see um, number nine, the 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 canister that she or the tube that she was being held in is broken open, and she's uh, come in too. She's awake, and she sees Daredevil and um, uh, Brandy running by, and says, "Daddy," and starts yeah. to they they get out, and the police and the security detail are coming. Um, but there's so many animals around that they're kind of slowed down and they're able to get into uh, Brandy and Daredevil try to get into the truck. They've got the same issue, but they're basically trying to get away while the animals are kind of blocking everything, stopping the police from getting there and stopping them from getting away. And that's when Daredevil thinks, you know, I definitely detected a, a human heartbeat. There was something in there that was human. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much wraps up that issue. And then yeah. uh, we're jumping over to 272. 272. And uh, we, we get introduced to the de- to the decidingly de- deadly menace of shotgun. Yeah. There are so many interesting characters in these six issues that we're covering today, yeah. Jamie. And they're just, they're so out there and they're, and they're crazy. And, it, and it's too bad that a lot of these characters, just like you had mentioned this several times in the past, that a lot of these characters that she creates are just kind of wonders, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Shotgun is an interesting one because uh, so Shotgun comes along and he's introduced and we have this great thing where we see the people who are behind the genetic stuff which are connected to the government, which uh, they, mm-hmm. they kind of say that they're CIA operatives or something. And they're bringing in Shotgun as an outsider to take to get back number nine who escaped um, and to sort of stop Brandy from being involved in all of this and uh skip is very much like this guy's a, a joke this guy is leaning to he's like looking at guns and stuff you should be able to do this without the guns when i was in the army we used to do this stuff because we were good right this guy isn't good this guy's doing it because he has a bunch of guns i don't trust him but you know what though skip he's he goes along with it um because all he cares about is getting number nine back yeah. and obviously he wants to find out who who the animal rights activists were that um, he figures bombed his place, whoever the guy was. So yeah, he doesn't know it's Brandy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, we start off the the very opening of the issue. We see uh, number nine running, and she's talking about how freedom is there, how everything is. Like her senses are really buzzing because she's just running. She's got this huge head of of blonde hair that's covering all of her. She's naked, but everything's covered. She looks like uh, Daryl Hannah in Splash almost, where she's <laughs> running along and there's hair everywhere, and um, and. The animals are all trying to escape around them, but the pigs can barely walk because their legs are so messed up. The chickens can't fly because their wings are too heavy. So there's this kind of, you know, this contrast of this beautiful creature that's been created and then these grotesque creatures that have been recreated to to serve, both of them to serve man. Um, the police are chasing after him. We got we kind of inside the yeah, car. Yeah, the police can't get to him though because all, all the, the animals, animals are in the way. way. Yeah, um, inside the car, yeah. Brandy and Daredevil are uh, talking, and they're kind of arguing a little bit about what's going on. And then they hear the police, the sirens of the security and the police, and they're shouting out, "Freeze or we'll shoot!" And Brandy says, "They can't shoot us. That's illegal." And then she spots uh, nine running along, and nine's running, and she gets 
shot repeatedly. That's she like, gets blasted she down by yeah. the cops, and we're talking like tons of bullets. They shoot her down. Yeah, they don't they don't waste any ammo on taking her down, which is and you that, know wild because yeah. it's it's a a woman and a completely naked unarmed woman running, and they just <laughs> empty <laughs> take her down. Yeah, um, and then the issue ends up going. This we is go to the moon. A little. Yeah, this is a B story that ends up going throughout pretty much all the issues that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. And um, it takes place on the moon with the Inhumans. Yeah. And it's a, I was super excited uh, when I saw this because um, I, you know, I don't know much about the Inhumans, but I like a lot of their characters, <clears throat> like Karnak, who plays a little role. Yeah. Um, obviously, Black Bolt, Medusa. And, and, what, and sort of the, the main character that we, that we deal with um, is uh, Gorgon, which mm-hmm. I didn't know much about. Gorgon is... He reminds me of somebody that um, belongs. He, he more belongs in Thor's. Uh, yeah, uh, very much. He's he's kind of like <laughs> he's kind of like a cross between the Thing and Hercules, and he's yeah. like he's the strong guy of the Inhumans. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Inhumans, the Inhumans, <laughs> um, and Karnak's like the brains, and they are talking. Karnak is so cool, Jamie. Yeah. You can't just say he's the brains. He's got one of the coolest superpowers ever. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. Karnak, what he can do is he can find a weakness in, in anything. anything. Mm-hmm. It can be a person, an inanimate object. It can be anything. And if he thinks about it, meditates about it, he's able to figure out how to take it down. Yeah. And I've always liked Karnak, although he looks a lot better now than he did back then because I don't know. Like Personally, I think his... Uh, um, his outfit that he wears in these issues is kind of ridiculous. Well, this is the but, the, uh, <laughs> the Jack Kirby designed in humans, and now I don't, I, like, I, I don't the, like it. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack's sad. Um, yeah, no, I, trust me. I, there's plenty of Jack that I do like. Yeah, um, but so the, the next outfit, not so much. The storyline in this segment is that um, Medusa gave birth to a child, and um, someone foresaw that the child was going to cause problems for Antillen. At Atalan, sorry, Atalan, which is the home of the Inhumans on the moon. And so she had to give the baby up. She had to, it's almost like putting it out for exposure, like the uh, spark. And wasn't, wasn't Black Bolt the one that, he went along with it. Black he Bolt went along. Because like, he's yeah. the king and he and he agreed with, I don't remember or no, I don't, I don't know. Who he said that like the road, he had to go along with the rules because he's yeah. the king. He has to establish that the rules are there. So we have, uh, Gorgon is just angry. So he's basically going out and getting drunk and, Karnak is saying you you have to remember that we are the royal family on this the, out of this group you have to behave like that and he's like who cares about rules what, rules what is what is Gorgon's relationship with Medusa I don't know if are they they're related friends? I don't I I don't know the full ins and outs but I don't think they're related I think okay. the the I mean they're they're just elected the royal family okay. as far as I know I mean Black Bolt is the king and Medusa is married to Black Bolt. That's about the only he just seemed very much like you know because he, he him and Medusa are very out, close, yeah, yeah. I still um, didn't know if they were like brother, sister, or cousins. I, or, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe someone could write in and tell us because we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, so, anyways, yes, yeah, so, he, he slaps so, the head off uh, of a uh, statue. Uh, what's his name? Um, Gorgon shows up. He's got two ladies mm-hmm. on either side. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's been out partying and. Um, Karnak is, you know, trying to talk sense into him and saying, hey, you know, you're drunk. Have you forgotten your place? You're not supposed to bring women um, into the royal court in front of all the servants. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Gorgon is just like, ah, shut up, Karnak, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. And he ends up breaking the head of a statue. Um, and this 
statue used to represent truth. Yeah. And, um, and uh, we see a hand that comes into frame and it's Black Bolt that picks it up. Now, Black Bolt is an interesting character because for those of you who don't know, he can't, he can't speak without letting out this, his, his voice you know, is his power and it's like the, yeah, the louder and, and he speaks the more the, energy it can kill people it's like yeah. black canary but like 10 times more powerful yeah gorgon is his cousin that's i just uh oh, okay you looked it up yeah um because it's uh isn't his name this like is yeah black agar gold gargan <laughs> Gosh. So for the rest of this little bit that we see the Inhumans in, in this issue, it just is kind of summing up what me and Jamie already talked about where we find out about Medusa's having mm-hmm. the baby and Black Bolt and Medusa are kind of at, they're, they're not really getting along right now because she's mad at him for going along with uh, yeah. uh, sending off her baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back down to Earth and Daredevil and Brandy mentioned that they got away um, and they're trying to help uh, number nine. They think that she's in serious need of help because she was shot so badly. But then they notice that she's, pretty much healed um almost completely healed and she has the number nine branded on her on her leg or on her stomach i can't tell where that is it's i think it's her lower stomach yeah and then she wakes up and she's very sort of bubbly and sweet and uh innocent. she's she's fallen she's fallen for daredevil because daredevil was the first person that she saw yeah she's imprinted she daddy she kind of associates him with uh you yeah. know being the person that's in control of her she's been genetically engineered to be in love with whoever she imprints on and she's imprinted onto daredevil and the relationship is very mm-hmm. much like i will do anything for you you're my master and then we cut back to uh skip and he's pissed because number nine is gone um, and, you know, he says, I created her for me. This is disgusting that she's got away. We've got to stop everything and find out where she is. And we've got to find get the lab back up and running, get the farm back up and running, make sure that the news doesn't get out too much that how we're treating these animals. And mm-hmm. more importantly, we've got to get number nine back and we have to send someone. And they, they do a quick uh, computer search and uh, find an agent that they can use. And the agent is Shotgun. Um, now this next sequence to me is it's it's really interesting because I, so the, they're at Brandy's ranch right now, yeah. and the two ladies, um, well, everyone is starting to kind of you know learn a little bit more about each other. We've yeah. got we've got number nine who is cooking and and cleaning and and she, you know she's just being in like like a housewife, which is what she's been programmed to do, yeah. and to be happy about it. And, and you know, at one point she ends up burning her hand, and we realize that she doesn't any pain yeah. and de- and and at the meanwhile you have brandy who is just despises all this because she you know she doesn't she's a feminist any of this she, type of stuff yeah. yeah she's a feminist and uh um doesn't like that you know the way that she's acting and daredevil's just kind of watching this and laughing and just kind of sitting and hanging out in the kitchen and it just seems so uncharacteristic of daredevil to just be there and l- while these women are are i think daredevil would get out of there super fast because he doesn't know that at this point that other people would be coming after them. Well, he, he kind of mentions that he's intrigued that he, by number nine, but I, I don't he, know. He does want to exit. He keeps saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really need to be here. I've kind of done what I set out to do. But he's kind of, he's enjoying their little, their, their, the, the, the conflict between them. He's kind of like you said, he's chuckling along and just saying, you know, he keeps saying, Brandy, give her a break. She's just doing what she's been told that she has to do. And that, that irritates Brandy even more. And then at one point, number nine comes over and says, why are you wearing a mask? It's not cold in here. And he says, it's to hide my identity. And she says, well, that's ridiculous. You can only be who you are. And then she jo- tries to take <laughs> off the mask. And that's when he's like, hey, I'm getting out of here. This is getting too crazy. Um, we bounce back over and we see Shotgun in action. He's been given a 
pretty tasty, uh, what is it, like a $10,000 shotgun, basically. A couple of $10,000 yeah. shotguns that fire different weapons. He's got explosive, concussive, combustible, and di- disintegrative. Um, the four-set in Yeah, shotgun. and this is a lot of that stuff you were talking about, Jamie, where Skip is like, wait, isn't this kind of overkill? We don't need all this stuff to get my number nine back. And yeah. the, the government agency or whatever that's in charge, that's really in charge, is like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. And then Shotgun's just like, give me the weapons. Give me, give me the, the big guns. Like, yeah, give me the big guns. And yeah. so um, Skip, who's you know paying the bills or whatever, is like, fine, fine, whatever. Just get me back my girl. And then yeah. we, cut a, we, we go back to the farm, Brandy's farm. They're Brandy still and Daredevil are fighting now. Daredevil and Brandy are fighting while number nine is cooking and she's chopping up some food. Mm-hmm. And then she has a flashback to the lab and gets distracted and actually chops her own hand um, and, and lets out a scream. And that's what, that's what distracts um, uh, Brandy and Daredevil during a fight. And then she says, you know, I have no idea who I am. Who am I? What am I even doing? And Daredevil thinks, you know, I, the right thing to, for me to do right now is to sneak off. I've got to get away because this is something that's... Uh, I, I've got to stop helping people, otherwise I'm never going to be able to help myself. Um, and as he's leaving, he detects someone coming and then we see a shotgun letting off a couple of rounds and he says, oh, this guy's you know, this guy's good. He's got some high-tech high artillery. He's moving quietly. He knows mm-hmm. that I'm here. And he senses who he is. They get into a pretty decent fight um, um, you know, it is decent, but you know what I really liked about it, though, Jamie, uh-huh. is that they made Shotgun, he's a more believable bad guy because n- at no point does he get some punches in on Daredevil. This no. shows that Daredevil is far superior yeah. fighter. So Shotgun literally relies on the weapons. And I love the fact that once the weapon is taken out yeah. and Daredevil, like, you know, you know, swings and, and knocks a branch into him, he immediately leaves and it's like, you know, like you just heard government property, I'll be back. But it's awesome because most of the time, these guys who have no training experience in yeah. comic books, they always, whenever they draw them in there, they always have to get some punches in and hit the superheroes. No, Daredevil's far superior. And I like how they kept him that way. For yeah. So I thought that and was he, neat. he's very casual about it as well. You know, he dodges everything. He jumps down, kicks the guy, hits him in the face, hits him again, dodges a, a he senses a gun coming out and he says, you rely on your guns far too much. You know, dodges a, a, a mm-hmm. blast from a little handgun. And then um, Shogun says, you know, I prefer my pump action. And he lets loose and blows up most of the trees around. And he says, I've got to get out of here. And then that's when he knocks him down with a branch and says, you know, whatever. He says, uh, have you had enough? What? What? Why are you here? What are you doing? And he says, uh, that's when he runs off and says, you, you stole government property. I'll be back. Um, yeah. And the, and the and issue ends where Daredevil goes back to Brandy's um, place and says, look, um, well, first off, they say you were going to leave. Brandy was yeah. like, you were going to leave. You're a coward. How dare you leave number nine here with me? You know, she's part of your responsibility too. And Daredevil's like, that's not important right now. Listen, yeah. we've got trouble. Whoever thinks that, uh, this, you know, somebody wants this number nine and I know that they're coming back for us. So we need to be prepared. We for need to war. get ready. Yeah. And I like the, like yeah. the, the whole thing, the whole relationship now has shifted where you have number nine basically saying, I don't know who I am, but I want to. I want to help Daredevil because he's he helped me, and Brandy mm-hmm. saying you were trying to sneak out, you're worthless, and him saying give me a break, you know I'm not here to do anything. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm still here, aren't I? I'm helping out. What how the reason why I'm still here is neither here nor there. The fact that I was trying to leave and got caught, trying to leave by somebody attacking us, doesn't change the fact that now I'm here and I'm trying to help you. So just back off. And, yeah. Um, then we cut back to. Uh, the, the next issue is uh, 273. This is when it's coming out twice a month. 
um, Marvel Comics were doing a big twice a month thing. Okay, this was the mid-November Mid November, which is amazing. Uh, what year is it? This is 80... Gosh, that's a good question. I think it's like 80... B -b 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 it, nine, it 89, I think? Yeah. 89, wow. Yeah. Jamie, we, we've gone all the way from 1964 to 1989, and you want to know what's funny about it? Tell from me. From 1989 until, until present, which is a shorter period of time, there's probably twice as many three four times as many issues <laughs> yeah because they're about 700 and something now aren't they so this is 273 yeah. 700 and something oh my goodness mm -hmm. yeah there's a and not only that i mean we're gonna there's so many guest appearances and and you know little like those year long are, hey are we gonna be are we gonna if if we survive this long are we going <laughs> are we gonna be covering um the crossovers that are like the year that you, you know how marvel got into doing you know, a lot of like you know, like Secret Wars, those types of books where it's over the year they they do one series and Daredevil makes an appearance. Are we going to be going over all those too? Are we doing everything? Yeah, we should try and look into them. I mean, the, the most recent one, what was it? It was The War of the Realms. He played a pretty yeah, big yeah, part in that. Yeah, he plays a big part in that. Yeah, so anything that he plays a big part in. If there's a small part, I guess we can just like mention him just to, as we always say for the completest out there. Um, but yeah. the, he, it, what happens as we move on, once we get past 300 and whatever it is 80. 380 was was the first series yeah um, once we get past that daredevil becomes a little pocket series in the marvel knights uh, line and it becomes all about street level stuff and it takes a while for him to reconnect with the marvel universe in a big way so uh, he's not really in many of the big crossovers and a lot of the crossovers that he's in are marvel knights driven or daredevil driven so we'd have to mm -hmm. pretty much cover those but we do have a lot of uh funky crossovers in the 90s coming up there's some there's some weird <laughs> ones of him and ghost rider and people like that and uh but yeah in this one we have shotgun um, coming back to the billion dollar ashtray as this episode is uh, this issue is tiled um and it's him getting bigger guns basically um, yeah. it, it's such a big gun jamie that they needed a double page spread they did yeah <laughs> in order to draw it um, and, and, and what's so great about it is he's loving it yeah i mean he shotgun absolutely loves these guns and it's the same thing as last issue you got skip thinking man this is ridiculous come on this not, should not be this hard to go yeah. get my number nine back and he does not need all these weapons and yeah. then you got the government agents that's like you know, we're, you know, this is important, you know, you this know, is what we do. Is, we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get it. And yeah. Shotgun's like, yeah. He's so excited. <laughs> Shotgun basically says, how much does this gun cost? And the guy says it costs millions. And then the, the, the Skip says, um, uh, this is obscene. We're talking about going after a couple of old hippies. <laughs> I've never seen a man drool so much over a gun. You won't need it. And it's like, look, we're the army. This is how we do things. Back off. <laughs> Um, so we, we oh, by, oh, by the way, we should also mention that they now know, obviously, that uh, Brandy is involved. They know, yeah, they know it's Brandy. So, um, mm -hmm. so the uh, Brandy and uh, Number Nine, who has now got an amazing costume. I know. I was thinking, how does she get this costume? Who made it? Because obviously, where Brandy's from, and Brandy would not have American flag cl uh, clothing. She has a, a <laughs> unitard, American flag unitard. Um, yeah. I think she just kind of cobbled it together and sewed it one night. 
in a few well in the space of a few minutes because <laughs> yeah um, you know it does make sense that she'd be able to snow, uh, to sew that would definitely yeah. be programmed in with the cooking and the cleaning yeah so she's made herself a costume we'll say and uh, Daredevil is basically uh, armoring up the truck that they've been driving around in um, and putting on like armor plating and and getting it ready for an attack and. Um, they're saying you're acting like this is a war uh, but Brandy says you know you, you've got to calm down you're acting like this is a war and he says look we don't know what they're going to do but I do know that someone with a really big gun came here and said he's coming back we should be ready <laughs> and then you know there's the, the constant fighting where she's saying you know, well you were going to leave anyway and he's like just forget that part I'm here now I'm helping um, Daredevil cuts his hand and uh, number nine runs over and sort of uh, pampers him and mothers him and, and Brandy's like will you calm down it's just a yeah, you're disgusting and he's like Bra- I kind of like this likes to, it seems like Brandy likes to complain about everything and number nine is just so infatuated with Daredevil yeah. and and doing what what is good doing what is you know makes her happy at least what she thinks is the right thing to do not saying it is yeah um, everyone is, they're so different it's this is like three's company I mean this, this is like three completely different people <laughs> that have these issues who are hanging out together and they're all like just trying to get along but they can't because yeah. they're so different um, Daredevil is uh, again Daredevil and Brandy get into an argument where basically Brandy's like she needs to be her own person she's much stronger than she realizes and we're just letting letting her be like this simpering uh, mm-hmm. child and yeah she was, says like it, she literally says you are a disgrace to women yeah um haven't you ever heard of feminism and, yeah and, she, and uh number nine's like no but it sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like give her a break just let her be she's just it's who she is um and then um number nine has a little flashback where she's thinking about that this is where it mentions that she applied for the program to be the perfect woman. She wanted to be a cheerleader, and then she ah, thinks about. That's right. Okay, she gets yeah. involved in this this genetics uh, pre reprogramming thing, and then she keeps seeing all. Of, she has like flashbacks to the uh, the laboratory work that's been going on, and um, then she come. Uh, we come back to what's happening in real time because Daredevil realizes that she's got a piece of glass in her hand and she's self harming. She's cutting herself with it, and he goes, "You got to. You can't do that. Give me the glass." You got to be careful, and she says it's okay. I don't. It, it's fine. I can cut myself because I just heal. None of it matters. Not nothing. Matters but and, and it's interesting here, Jamie, because she says um, it's the physical pain that it helps drown out the pain in her mind. So maybe yeah. she does feel pain. I didn't yeah, think she felt it. Well, she said that she didn't really feel pain, but she also, you know, she screamed a couple of times when she's been hurt. So we know that she does feel something, but it must be yeah. that it's like an initial thing. Um, we we got back to Skip and he's <laughs> I like, love this, part. "This is ridiculous. <laughs> this and is ridiculous." And then and then Shocking goes, "It's beautiful." Yeah, <laughs> he's been given a supercar, which is like a almost it's like, a, like tank. a it's a yeah, it's like a see through futuristic tank. It looks like the um, the Elon Musk vehicle that he, he presented. A, it, it does. It does a it's little like a bit. blocky like weird shaped thing, and he's like, "This is unbelievable. How much did this cost?" And they're talking about like you know it was billions, and he's like. Yeah, I know that the army. Skip says this bit where he says, uh, "If the army pays ten dollars for a pencil and forty for an ashtray, this metal dinosaur probably cost billions, right?" And the guy from the army is basically like, "Look, I've had enough of you complaining. We have a lot of money. We like to spend it on stuff. Back off. Let us go and spend our money." <laughs> and meanwhile, Shogun's just like, "I love this. This is the best thing." <laughs> I know you're gonna say, "Go for it." Um, he's going, oh, "This is beautiful. This is great." Um, where does he says he says you're so desperate to get number nine back you should just back off and let us 
let us do what we let's do our job. And then yeah. there's a, a panel of of shotgun holding the gun, saying "Beautiful again." Yeah, you know, with his flexed flex, and it looks like uh, so looks funny. like Predator when the, the two guys when um, Arnie and uh, <laughs> the best handshake in history. Yes. Handshake, yeah. <laughs> and we cut back up to the moon. And we discover that Gorgon is basically saying, I'm going to go find the baby. I'm going to find Medusa's baby. I'm disgusted. I'm going, I know that Black Bolt's going to be really annoyed with me. Um, mm-hmm. And don't get in my way. I've got to find it. And Karnak comes and says, look, you've got to stop bullying people. You've got to use your brain. Mm-hmm. We can do this. But if you're smart, we can do it without everybody knowing we're doing it. So just stop. Um, yeah. And, and Gorgon, uh, he ends up going over to uh, Medusa and, and tries to convince Medusa and say, look, yeah. You need to come with me. We are going to go. Uh, there there were these things, these pods or whatever, that left the moon that were dispersed to different places. Yeah. And we're going to track them down. We're going to find out which one was carrying your baby, and we're going to go get your baby and bring your baby home. And Medusa is, you know, she's crying, and she's seems like she's going to go along with the plan. Yeah. She seems like she's, she's interested, but in a lot of agony. Um, and then we go back down to the ranch. There's still a little bit of bickering going on. Um, number nine's made a picnic and, and Brandy's like, what is wrong with you? We're <laughs> about to go and fight a bunch of people. We don't know what. And you're making picnics. Nobody wants it. And Ted was like, hey, you can leave her alone. Come yeah. And then he, he senses something coming. He says, get down. And there's a huge amount of uh, explosives and artillery hits the barn that they're in. Um, he gets them into the truck. Daredevil gets them into the truck, and he's got the metal plate in behind the truck, which he's using as a shield, and says, drive. And number nine's like, this is really exciting. And she says, oh, this is thrilling. And <laughs> Brandy's like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, they're driving along, and the, the crazy car shotgun has got is just there, and he's unleashing gun, like shot after shot after shot. And Daredevil says, you know, the, we have the shield in the back here. It's holding up, but this thing is getting pretty tasty he's firing these things that are like hooks that connect and explode and yeah daredevil manages to cut a few out because he has a machete um but then um a shotgun fires above the car and hits the the other side of it takes out uh, the lights and a bit of the windshield so daredevil uses kind of like these cheapo james bond style things where he's like pouring glue and pouring Mm -hmm. uh, oil and glass and stuff like that it doesn't seem and to have any effect. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just, just going to say, yeah, he's, he's dumping these things on the ground. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Shotgun's got the biggest smile on his face. And, and he says, look, they want me to bring back number nine alive. But, you know, who cares? If she dies, she dies. You know, it's yeah. better to bring back a dead girl than bring back no girl. Yeah, he says, you know, um, I'm not, so I'm, not means, I'm not as so involved that, in this as they are, so I don't really care. Right, so that's when he decides to press the, you know, the click, 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 hit the button that is the big gun, and this big, huge, like, rocket launcher type gun mm-hmm. uh, gun ends up popping up out of the tank, and luckily, um, he's not a very good shot, even though he's, like, six feet away from the car, <laughs> and he, he misses it and hits the ground right next to it. Um, Daredevil, thankfully, well, Daredevil's able to get Daredevil him. Daredevil's able to tell him the where, to, yeah, he's basically telling Brandy where to turn to avoid Yeah, them. like like turn left. So yeah. um, they're able to avoid it twice. I guess it's got two shots. Yeah. And then finally, Daredevil, you know, he dumps the oil off of the uh, the car. Mm-hmm. First was the glass, the glue and everything. And, and um, it actually ends up working. And the tank slides around, and as it slides towards the pickup truck, that's when Daredevil jumps off the pickup truck, lands on the car, and quite easily 
takes down shotgun. Like I said, I love this. Yeah. Shotgun never lands a fist on Daredevil. Once they get into close combat, Daredevil is able to beat him up, take him down, and then jump out of the way just in time as the tank is about to crash and actually does indeed crash into, um, I guess, a forest they crash, area. It crashed into a tree, yeah. And he basically, yeah. just before he jumps, he says, there's a tree ahead, shotgun jump, and shotgun's too slow moving. So he gets... He gets taken out by the crash, but um, Daredevil goes over and says, you know, he's still alive, but he's hurt, drags the body away. Uh, like the brandy lights up a cigarette and it's just like, ah, big old, big old tank stopped by a tree. Huh, who'd have thought? Good work. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. And while this is all happening, uh, uh, number nine goes into the car and is like, hey, this is perfect. Uh, you know, we've got time for, for lunch. I might get my little yeah. picnic basket. That's and this thing. is so awesome because she is... Like Brandy wants nothing to do with uh-huh. with number nine, but Daredevil's like, you know what? I'm kind of hungry. Number nine, thank you. I'm going to take one of your sandwiches. Yeah, he has a nice little sandwich <laughs> with an olive and a and a toothpick sticking out of it. And he, yeah, says, he takes a really bite. And he goes, hey, this is good. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> that's how the issue ends. It's kind of fun. That was the the billion dollar ashtray in the title was the tank in the end because uh, uh, it was ruined so easily. Um, um, sorry, we have to jump around because of the way that the uh, Marvel Unlimited app has the issues. Yeah, it was interesting because when they came out two to a month, they for some reason the dates are backwards. Yeah. So um, 274, when the Inhuman Strike is on the cover, but we don't really see much of them because we're tidying up this whole thing. We cut to this issue is called Bombs and Lemonade. Um, we what a, th- this splash page on number one is, a, is so funny yeah you have you have you have daredevil bombs and lemonade same creative team as just you know we were talking about daredevil is laying in i guess on a little cot he's in a or, cot no, it's in actually the, on the couch yeah it's laying on a couch and he's got his leg over the back of it one leg on the ground his his hands behind his head and uh we've got he's being served by number nine with a lunch over him and and daredevil just kind of seems like he's happy about yeah. it he even says number nine you're spoiling me it's like he's loving being taken care of yeah he's getting <laughs> he's getting the good treatment right now um, well, it's a good thing brandy was not on this page because otherwise she'd be standing off in the corner being like you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> yeah she's in the garage she's actually in the garage trying to repair the truck that got damaged not the tank but their own truck and she sort of says you know you've got to stop fawning over him it's uh she says, get liberated, girl. Stop living for men. And she's like, cut out. And they get into a little fight, but it's kind of it's kind of cute. Uh, uh, number nine slaps Brandy. And uh, Brandy's kind of like, yeah, good. Fight back for the love of everything. You've you, you got to show some fight. You're like this super human. You're stronger than all of them, and yet you're fawning off them. Um, you know, one thing, one thing I wanted to say, though, Jamie, I like Daredevil has the line here where he's telling Brandy, he goes... He goes, look, don't be so hard on number nine, Brandy. Uh, you don't help people by bullying and yelling. Uh-huh. I like that. I thought that yeah. was a good line. Yeah. Um, let me see uh, Pop, uh, Skip. Um, he's getting ready. He's basically saying, you know, you sent this idiot with every weapon out there and you couldn't do anything. So I'm going to go do it like you should have done it in the first place, which is basically just... Uh, with your hand. Fists and a little tiny handgun. Fists, and he says, "I'll take a little handgun. It never hurts." But um, I, you know, I like how he, to point out, like, yeah, the mustache. <laughs> he, he, he oils his mustache ready and says, "You know, that that will get me. I'm I'm there now. I'm going in." And then mentions he's, he says something about um, what is it? He says he says, uh, "Guess I'm oh sorry, my glasses are. Uh, guess I'm sort of relieved no one got hurt when we attacked the place. Brandy is my daughter after all. And number nine, we do want her alive and kicking. Ha, women." Imagine spending all that hardware after women. 
Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It, to me, it seems like of all the characters, Skip kind of changes the most throughout these issues because yeah. he was all about, you know, vengeance and stopping the people and getting back number nine at all the costs. Right? Yeah. And now he's like, well, you know, my daughter is important and I need number nine. Too. Yeah, oh, that's not rush. Funny. That's not hurt yeah, anyone. He's, <laughs> he's sort of lost his drive towards yeah. getting the things that he wants here. Yeah. Um, Brandy and number nine have an, a fun little fight where uh brandy is basically just saying good use your fists and number nine is like oh wow i can actually hit things and then she she does a uh, throw she she throws number nine over number nine gives her an uppercut and then she punches her really hard you see brandy's holding her nose with the uppercut and uh <laughs> brandy punches number nine and she falls back and breaks a table and that's when daredevil says look you've got to cut it out this is enough and she's like you stay out of this She's got her stupid genetically superior super healing super body. Let her get a little cut up. And uh, they're just fighting. They're, they're arguing and arguing. He says, okay, fine. Go ahead. Kill yourselves. I don't care. I'm leaving. And he starts to walk away. And he's kind of laughing about it at first. And he says, you know, it's kind of, you know, while he's laughing about it and saying, oh, never. Oh, women, who understands them? Um, <laughs> we see Skip walking along. And he's like, I'm going to teach them who's boss. I'm going to show these women who's in charge. And it's like this weird dual sexism that's happening from both sides one of them's presented as positive but it's still sexist and one of them's very negative and um they kind of stop fighting for a bit and they have a little chat they're talking about uh brandy talks about how you know how her her dad her and her dad's relationship and he says a uh, dead episode this is still your dad you know when it comes down to it, are you ready to confront him because she says i've been saving up this information i have enough stuff that we can stop him we can tell him because he, he, he's involved with the government doing this genetic engineering stuff. They've been getting information from somewhere. We don't know where. And they've been working on it. And I've got enough information to make him second guess it. And do you know anything about law? And, and Daredevil kind of chuckles and says, I know a little bit about law. Um, and he says, you know, you have to step up. This is your dad. This is still your dad. You've got an a, a emotional investment in this. Are you going to be able to do what you're saying you want to do, which is basically to tell him we can't do anything legally, but what we can say is we have this information. You either, you have to stop doing what you've been doing. Yeah, um, he says it's kind of a form of blackmail because yeah. they don't really have blackmail, but they're pretending that they have you know some yeah. inside information. Yeah, exactly. And while they're doing this, um, um, number nine is putting on lipstick and doing her hair and getting ready for meeting skip she's like oh we should if someone's coming we should look good <laughs> you know it's interesting and i don't know if this was intentional it's almost like if you take the good qualities of number nine and i'm not talking about the, the serving man and stuff uh -huh. i'm talking about the optimistic the being happy lo the loving life yeah you, you take the good stuff from number nine and you take the good stuff from brandy and you form them together you kind of make you know a very positive like a, a, a very good human being yeah it's like and then if you know, if you, t if you remove the bad from both, take the good from both and make a good person. It's kind of funny. It's like, cause these two people are fighting cause they are so completely different. And yet, you know, like at the end, uh, once they were done fighting a couple of pages ago and they're kind of sitting down kind of, you know, I'm finally starting to, you know, laughing, get yeah. along a little bit. We're laughing. It's, you know, we kind of realize that, you know, even though we're completely different, maybe we both have some good in us and we both, yeah. you know, yeah. need to change a few things. Yeah. We cut back to the moon. And we see Medusa, uh, Gorgon's there, and he says, Medusa, are you ready to go? We're going to go and find your child. Mm -hmm. And Black Bolt's there, and she says, oh, you've told him, haven't you? And Black Bolt basically, Medusa and Black Bolt basically say, in so many words, we're not condoning what you're doing, but we're not condemning it either. If you go off and do this, 
fine. Go off and do it. I but wonder we can't if Medusa talked to Black Bolt and uh, ahead of time, which obviously she did. You yeah. know, Black Bolt knew what was going on, but I wonder if she was able to convince him, saying, "Look, I know that you were for it, but I think it was Medusa was the one that convinced mm-hmm. Black Bolt to let yeah. to let Gorgon go." But it's it's really interesting. Um, Black Bolt is a character like not writing for him. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of fun because he's I mean even just by seeing him kind of silhouetted from the backside you can see how powerful he is but he doesn't yeah. have to use any words. It's kind of no. neat. No, he's a real strong character. Um, yeah. We cut back to the ranch and they're getting ready. And um, number nine says Daredevil's been teaching me how to make bombs, and uh, they seem very excited about this. He's been putting this is it's great. Daredevil's <laughs> working really hard on the front of the house. He's like barricaded. He's stacked up all the furniture. Stacked up all the furniture. He's, he's hammered up planks in the windows. And then he's finished and he says, okay, I've done the front of the house. Um, is there any other way in? And Brandy says, yeah, the back door. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, and then he says, hang on, someone's coming well, in the back there's door. There's a click. There's a click. Someone who has access to the back door is coming in. And it, uh, it's Skip who just walks in the back door and he's like, huh, what's going on here? Um, That's so funny. See, now this part is interesting, Jamie, because he shows up, he yeah. sees number nine, he sees mm-hmm. his daughter, he sees Daredevil, yeah. and they have a little bit of talk, but it's it's interesting, you know, like, uh, he, he tries to take, you know, he takes a swing at Daredevil, seeing him as being the threat. He has and a baseball bat, Dare- yeah. Yeah, with a bat, and Daredevil just, I mean, just... Just a little bop, a little casually knocks him down. On casually the takes him out. It's like yeah. hits him, and then um, what happens is that the, the uh, Brandy basically says, "You're outclassed, Dad. Just stop." Um, and number nine is saying, "Is he okay?" Uh, Daredevil senses that there's a gun, and says, "You know, I, I'll be able to take it out. It's easy." But um, he points the gun, and uh, number nine jumps in the way, pushes Daredevil over, and um, Skip shoots number nine, um, and that's causes everything to freeze number nine, uh, skip runs over and says i can't believe i hurt i can't believe i hurt and that's when daredevil really explodes and says look you are the one who brought all the armaments you're the one who sent some guy with a shotgun after us you're the one who's been trying to shoot us and destroy us and kill us just back off and he's about to really unload on yeah and, and brandy jumps in brandy's right, the one says, who jumps in and yeah, stops she- yeah she's like no do, do not hit him you know yeah. leave him alone and daredevil's like brandy get away and you know Brandy's like, he's hitting my father, you know, for, for all my big talk against him, he's still my dad, which yeah. really shows the complexity of these characters. Because yeah, that's like so many different layers of relationships amongst them all. So many layers. And then what ends up happening now is number nine kind of starts taking care of Brandy and consoling her and saying, yeah. no, it's okay. And everyone is just, they're, everything's just kind of shifting a little yeah. bit. So Daredevil's basically beaten up Skip and says, like, this is how it's going to be. You're not going to do anything. We've got enough evidence against you to make your life miserable. You're going to stop all of this engineering stuff. You're going to stop everything. You're going to leave us alone. Okay, do you understand? And we have a little aside showing a lockjaw getting ready. He's eating a bunch of food to get ready to teleport our uh, inhumans down. Um, and there's a little bit of arguing amongst all of them. They're all trying to establish where they are. Um, and Skip pretty much basically says, okay, fine. I won't do any of it. Um, uh, but he says, you know, you're coming at me and you're telling me I'm a bad person and yet you're the one who blew up my farm. You, Daredevil, are a guy dressed in red who is beating people up. How are you better than me? How are any of you better than me? And then while they're sort of debating back and forth about um, the, who's right and who's wrong, um, number nine spots a, a huge glow. There's a big pop and then Lockjaw, Gorgon, and uh, Karnak appear 
Karnak says, greetings, we are from Atelian. Uh, we are the Inhumans. We believe you have some property of ours. Um, and that's when we kind of discover that the genetic engineering stuff was what Brandy was uncovering, which was the stuff being sent down from Atelian. Right. Is it yes. Atilan. Atilan. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not sure Adelan. either. Adelan. That ends that that very fun splash page, which yeah. there's lots of splash pages mm-hmm. again, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Takes us to issue 275. 275, which is part of the Acts of Vengeance crossover storyline. Acts of Vengeance was when all the villains basically said, hey, let's swap uh, enemies for a bit. I bet I could, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Doom said, I bet I could take out that guy for you. Um, no, but this is so cool though because obviously, as you know, I love Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. and I lo- and anytime he pops up, I'm super excited. And he has a very small part of this issue because you know, obviously, and we find out on the cover, you know, this is all about Ultron. Ultron is the one that is, um, yeah, kind of the main focus. He's in the Daredevil comic book, but yeah, but Doctor Doom um, is in it because he's the one that actually creates this version of Ultron, mm-hmm. and he's like, look, Kingpin has been trying to destroy. Um, his nemesis Daredevil for years. I'm going to destroy Daredevil, and I'm going to do it with this Ultron. So he ends up taking like what is it? Thir- the thir- the thirteen, la- twelve, or the or 12 last, twelve, right? Yeah. He takes the twelve last um, Ultrons, and in and he adds his own version on top of it, which is like one with a conscious, one that is um, it's like his. He's the number thirteen. Uh, he's the one that you know gives. You know, it's like a good brain. So yeah. it's like he mixes it's, a good It takes brain away the one that wants to brains. completely eradicate humanity. And yeah. Puts in this thing to make him just stop enough at destroying all humans yeah. so that he can focus it all on Daredevil and says, you know, you just have to do that. It's a really interesting thing because what happens is that you have Doctor Doom, who is obviously very smart and very, very, um, uh, he's, he's technologically. Uh, intelligent he's which is so cool because that's what i loved about him when he's building this this ultron because this is so dr doom this is exactly how dr doom would do it dr doom knows how to do everything perfectly and create the perfect monster Mm -hmm. but there's always one little problem and that's why he usually always loses to the fantastic four there's one little thing that he does that is the incorrect thing or there's some way that they're able to beat him yeah and that's exactly kind of what's being put in place right here this 13th brain this conscious that this this good this goodness to keep him from going overboard destroying humanity yeah. is that one little thing that is going to bite him in the butt yeah it's incredible artwork as well the the, the oh, yeah. you know we haven't been talking about that at all Jamie through all of these issues the artwork has been magnificent I just mentioned about how this these yeah. awesome slash pages but it's not just that it's I mean I mean it, the, everything it's just, John Romita Jr. and yeah. Al Williamson are just like getting better and better with every issue um, mm-hmm. so you have this great moment where. Uh, Dr. Doom is talking to this newly activated Ultron and saying, uh, you know, saying this. And then we have the internal monologue of Ultron thinking how what's the best way to respond that will hide the fact that I'm actually thinking this. And it says, so, you know, uh, Dr. Doom first speaks and uh, says, uh, he says, uh, welcome to the land of the living Ultron 13. You are henceforth Doom's servant and you are a man with a mission. Do you understand? And uh, Ultron thinks, you must think, Ultron, we are Ultron. We are no one's servant. All 13 of us serve ourselves against each other. Um, Ultron 11 wishes to kill the creator. Ultron 12 wishes to embrace the creator. We must be alone to think. Is that the answer correct? No, reveal nothing. Self-preservation comes first. And then he says, I am your servant. 
So he's got this, this whole layer of self-preservation that keeps kicking in that makes him basically lie to Doctor Doom. And Doctor Doom mm-hmm. saying, go kill Daredevil. Uh, look, I've got this all right. I'm correct. And, and Ultron's basically thinking, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. But uh, I'll say, okay, sure. Yeah, I'm going to go kill Daredevil. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> we see uh, Daredevil. Uh, we cut back to upstate New York where he's with Brandy and all of those guys. And they're all talking the Inhumans and brandy uh skip and number nine daredevil was basically sitting up in an in the attic saying i just got to get away from everyone i really he is him. and this is so strange because he's sitting there and there are a whole bunch of skull heads mm-hmm. there's cat skulls bird skulls cow skulls snake yeah. skulls which contrasts with ultron's many heads and he goes that, like any any different from those alive and covered in flesh all those strangers downstairs why am i up here in this attic this is inside of her farmhouse yeah what the heck? Why does she have all these animal skulls? It doesn't make a, any sense. She's an artist. He says artists. I guess so. But if you're an animal activist I, or animal rights activist, yeah. I don't think you'd have skulls. Yeah. So they're arguing. They're arguing about what it all means. They've gone through the boxes, which was the Atalan uh, stuff, which uh, the Inhumans wanted to discover if it was the uh, Medusa and Black Bolt's son or child. Um and they just find that it's a lot of genetic information that's being traded back and forth. Um, hey, Jamie, I don't know if you mentioned this, um, but did you notice that Gorgon has hooves for yeah. feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, know, I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that until the previous issue. Yeah. I was like, whoa, he's got hooves for feet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dada was basically saying, every everywhere I go, I end up helping people. I guess that's just who I am, but I've got to be able to repair myself. I've had so much happen to me over the years. I've got to be able to fix who I am, I've got to leave. I've got to go again. Um, we cut over to <clears throat> Ultron 13, who is basically creating all of the Ultron heads, um, putting them together and, and thinks about Jocasta. Jocasta was the perfect woman that was created for Ultron, who uh, later, I can't remember who she, didn't she uh, sacrifice herself so that the vision could live or something? Um, and... <clears throat> He talked about how like these were the like he said he was gonna bring more weapons. Uh, yeah. So his his weapons are these heads because these heads, I guess, have a mind of their own. And, yeah, and, he's basically uh, thinking yeah. I'm the ultimate weapon, therefore the the only weapons I need are me. I'm who I am. Right. Um and Brandy's talking about uh, she comes up while Daredevil's packing and says, Hey, have you met this guy Gorgon? He's great, isn't he amazing? Look at him, he's so strong. Not, not Brandy, this is number nine. Uh, number nine, sorry. Uh, isn't he isn't he great? Isn't he amazing? Oh look, you're packing, let me help you. And, um basically daredevil <laughs> she, she takes out all of his clothes and just throws them around and goes oh you've oh, unpacked yeah you're, you've unpacked so you're i guess saying, I need you have to stay that's great <laughs> um daredevil's looking at her and he he senses what's happening ultron has set up a series of spikes with each head on them and he's thinking about how he's he says this, this is great this is like a lot of people have said like when they first saw these issues they're like how how is daredevil able to be ultron and it's what um Nasenti does, which is amazingly smart, is she creates the problem in Ultron. It's not Daredevil is smart and he punches Ultron enough that he stops working. She puts in this whole thing. So um, Ultron's setting up and he's talking about like the, he says, you know, it's I've set up this ritual. It's a very pagan ritual. I've put all of the heads on spikes. Uh, there's 300 Ultron heads. And then he's walking along and he says, kill the Daredevil. Why? I don't hate him. None of 1 through 13 hate him any more than the rest of humanity. Why must I commit this unnecessary act? Because of one circuit somewhere in my brain that orders the act, swept by electronic fate, the futility of man, futility of man, 
trying to find himself in the windstorm of fate. Who is Ultron? Who is number two? Number five? Who is number three? Number 13? Number 100? Number nine? Where are you going? And then it cuts over to number nine, leaving. And she says, I'm going to go and run and get away from myself because I heard if you run far enough, you can escape yourself. So it's kind of like this interest in who, who is Ultron? He's the ultimate killer machine. Who is number nine? She's the ultimate human. She's running off and she's running and she spots all of the heads. And then she says, oh, wow, look at all this junk here. And Ultron's like, junk? How <laughs> dare you? Who are you? <laughs> and she says, I'm number nine. He says, number nine, I am Ultron 13. Where is Dead? Well, tell me where to find him. And she says, never. And he goes, okay, then goodbye, number nine. And he zaps her and basically just kills her instantly. And, and this is so cool, Jim. Yeah. I, this, I love this part because he, he zaps her and he, <clears throat> he realizes, hey, she's healing. Yeah. She's she didn't die. Scarred, but my sensors indicate her flesh is already self-healing. Yeah. She's an indestructible woman. She is not human. She has no imperfections. She will never tarnish, never rust my perfect indestructible woman. So this is actually really cool because you take these two people that are obviously incredibly different, but they found each other. And in reality, Mm -hmm. they're the exact same. Ultron is trying to figure himself out and trying to figure out how, how to, you know, reach perfection. Yeah. And, and you have number nine who is trying to understand like, what is like, how should I be? Yeah. And so they're both like, they're like a perfect match together. It's really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's the whole, like he, he can't understand. He can't, Ultron isn't able to compute why he keeps saying she's human. I'm supposed to destroy humanity, but she's perfect. And I've been looking for the perfect thing. I can't destroy her, but that means that my programming is wrong. If I'm supposed to have, if I'm, been programmed to destroy humanity but this is a perfect human and i can't destroy it then that means there's a problem inside of me and it means that Mm -hmm. i've been created as an imperfect thing which means that my idea of me being perfect is wrong right and he has to try to change that so he can become perfect yeah so he's he's completely fallen he's basically fallen in love with with uh, number nine and uh, she's being held by him and she's like, is he trying to kiss me? And he's thinking, <laughs> I should kill you, but I love you. I kill you, but I love you. And while this is going on, uh, she screams. The, the Inhumans are basically saying, look, we're sorry we disturbed you. We're going to go on our way. And there's all this conversation going on. And Daredevil hears the scream and he says, the others don't hear it. It must be from the other side of the woods. Um, they're talking. He basically runs off and they're like, what's going on? And then Gorgon says, there's really faint screams coming. We should follow and help. Daredevil is way ahead and he's jumping and he says, I can hear an electronic voice. I hear many voices, a dozen electronic voices, but I detect only one heartbeat. And this is great. Ultron basically says, how dare you, Dr. Doom, by creating me, you mock man. You defy the true creator. The essence of humanity is that it is flawed and I am a flawed creation. I am part of humanity, but I am a false man. I mock creation and man. The presumption of my existence is blasphemy. I must be destroyed. My creator must be destroyed for his original sin. And while he's doing this, while the the programming is basically in this huge conflict, um, uh, number nine's being held, and she says, "You know, you got to let me go. You're start, actually starting to hurt me." And Daredevil comes in. He hits Ultron low. Gorgon kicks him high, um, and then Karnak comes over and hits him on the back. And <laughs> Ultron's just like, "No, that, <laughs> how dare you!" <laughs> and zaps all three of them, stuns them, and then he grabs uh, number nine and says, uh, "Sorry, my darling." Uh, that we were bothered by those pesty little flies, but we are alone again. Come to me. Oh my gosh. These last four pages, you have to check them out. The yeah. artwork is so insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's three and a half. It, it's basically a, 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 
a splash page, a double splash, and then a splash page. And I mean, the angle is amazing of that first splash page, Jamie, where yeah. you see Gorgon like jumping on top of Ultron with Daredevil coming from underneath and Karnak pulling away um, number nine off the side. There's so much action happening so big in one page. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. It's so cool. So uh, I love we, the artwork. We here. go over to the next issue, 276, and. Um, uh, it's a great cover. You should really check it out. Um, Ultron's carrying off number nine and basically saying, you know, you are the perfect woman. You are without flaw. And she's like, I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. That's not who I am. Put me down. Um, and we see the tower of Ultron heads leading up on a, like a, 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 a small hill. And he says, we're going to climb up this pedestal and be together. That's who we are. Um, uh, Gorgon comes two first they're kind of waking up um oh no actually it's, it's uh yeah, yeah they, they were hit with, they were blasted at the end of last issue yeah they so were they, stunned and um uh, brandy finds all three of them and she says daredevil's the first one moving are you okay and he says yeah he hit us with some kind of stun blast the others wake up and this is great it's basically brandy and skip are saying like we've got some weapons we can help and uh, gorgon says no <laughs> that's not going to no. do anything. And Karnak says, I'm going to have to think about this. I'm going to have to meditate and find his fault. They're talking about I think like, it, I, making also, a plan. I think it's really cool that Skip has now kind of changed gears because... Oh, yeah, he's basically he, there to... He's a good guy now. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good guy now. Obviously, he wants to get number nine back, but yeah. he's also thinking about how to protect his daughter and mm -hmm. how to stop Ultron. That's yeah. what I was kind of saying. Like He kind of made the biggest... you know. He had the biggest shift of everybody yeah. of all the different side characters here, but it, it's cool. They're all trying to team up and find a way. And obviously Gorgon has his way that he wants to do it. Karnak yeah. wants to meditate. Daredevil just, Daredevil, Daredevil says we've got to do something. Player. Yeah. He says, look, they're all thinking about what to do. We've got to do something. I can hear we what's going on. Yeah. So he does the thing that, that is great. He jumps in the truck <laughs> and drives <laughs> off and they're all like, what is he doing? He can't stop Ultron alone. He drives up the hill and basically drives the truck at Ultron and jumps out just as the truck is blasted by Ultron. Um, so Brandy thinks that Daredevil's dead now, but he's he's jumped out and she says, you know, you killed him. I hate you. And Ultron says, well, if you hate something about me, we've got to find out what it is and I can remove it. And he says, um, I can't tolerate you hating me. I'll find which circuit was is offending you and I'll rip it out. And she, he starts pulling. He literally does out. that. He pulls the circuits out of his chest. Yeah. Um, Dada was kind of coming to and Gorgon gets over and says, you've got to be smart on that. We need a plan. And he says, we don't need a plan. We just need to stop him. This is us sitting around waiting. Isn't going to change the fact that he's going to kill her. I can hear what's going on and he's going crazy. And he's walking. And then the next, yeah, the next two pages are awesome because yeah. in the background of that last panel on that last page, you see the mountain with all the um, yeah. Ultron heads. And then the next two pages, it's four images, two on each page of Ultron walking up the mountain carrying number nine and it's awesome because this just kind of shows you like you know the power of every step yeah and, and, and how he's going high up on top of this mountain of trying this mountain represents so many things it represents you know perfection it represents the you know the, the perfect everything and it's so hard to get to the top and yeah they're using you know like two full pages to do it um where ultron is trying to you know once again tell number nine like you know you're perfect why don't you you know why don't you like me number nine yeah. is like you know are you accepting me for being flawed you know i want to be flawed and they're they're the kind of like having opposite conversations. Yeah, he's, he's saying that I, I have to protect you. You're so perfect. And she says, well, what good am I then? If I have to be protected, I can't be perfect. If I can't be out in the open, 
then there's nothing to be perfect about. I'm just an object. I'm this thing that you're protecting, which makes me imperfect, which means I'm flawed, which means your argument's flawed. There's no freedom. I, I can't be perfect without freedom. And he says, okay, I'm beginning to understand what you're saying. There is, an, there is a problem here. I need to find out what the problem is, and I need to work out how to get rid of the problem, which is my perception of your, your perfection. Um, Dedeble kind of goes back, is taken back by Gorgon, and uh, he says, okay, yeah, Ultron is strong. We do need a plan. Gorgon's right, but I can't just stand it. And Karnak is meditating. He says, you know, the robot may have points like any man, points of weakness, the neck, the solar plexus, the third eye. Um, And Dedeble's basically like, we've got to do something. We're just waiting around. We're not doing anything. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and work it out. Um, But see, he just attempted that last time, and it didn't work out. So he's like, I'm going to go do it again. That's what I like about Daredevil. Daredevil is is not a team player. No, he is. He, he that's why he is not in the event. Really, in the event. I mean, he sometimes is, but he's not in the Avengers, Defenders, X Men. Like he's he's not a team guy. He, he he wants to do it all himself, and I like that about yeah. him. Yeah. And then um, we this is a great moment where Ultron and Brandy actually start connecting, and and Brandy uh, I keep saying Brandy number nine number nine number nine yeah. number nine says Ultron try to understand that we are both flawed. And Ultron says, you know, there are so many voices inside of me. And she says, so accept them. Listen to all the voices. Pick out the good ones. I'll help you. And he starts to calm down. He says, you'll help, you'll help me. You'll do that for me. And she says, yeah, together we can sift through all of these wires and find the ones to break. And he says, okay, I'll start pulling out the ones that I think are bad. And he starts to rip. He says, the bad circuit must be in my head. I can hear everything in my head. And he starts to lift his head off of his own body. And she says, you can't do that. You're going to kill yourself. And then Daredevil's billy club just flies into all of the wires. And he actually, uh, Ultron starts to feel pain. Daredevil says, number nine, get back, run, he's crazy. Ultron is like lashing out wildly. And um, uh, Gorgon's creeping up and he says, oh, no, but he sensed me. He gets zapped as well. Um, Karnak's there and Gorgon's out, basically. Gorgon's Mm -hmm. done and he basically says, I couldn't even get close. And Daredevil says, Okay, he hit me, he caught me off sense, but that won't happen again. Uh, Karnak says, you know, the weak point is his wires in his neck. His neck is damaged. He's damaged himself because Ultron is made of adamantium, so he's pretty mm-hmm. much indestructible. He says that he's, he's created his own damage. You can attack that. And Daredevil goes up and Ultron says, you again, who are you? You're so manic, so fearless, so courageous. Perhaps you are the perfect man. Daredevil says, no, I'm far from perfect. <laughs> a perfect man would have found a better way than this and hits him with a stick. <laughs> he literally hits Ultron in the head with a stick yeah. while simultaneously Karnak kicks him in the back yeah. and and then Daredevil swing and I guess another billy club. Did you see how another No, the billy club, club was stuck in the neck, but he's got the stick. Oh, and he I says, see. He That's says, right. like, we've, we, we've hit you enough okay. that we've weakened the wires in your head. If I hit you enough times, it's going to break. And they decapitate Ultron. Ultron's body drops and the head dropped to the ground. And, and number nine reaches out for him and says, I'll help you. But the body drops. And um, all the heads start to follow every, the body. Yeah, everything everything is rolling down the hill. And it's cool because, you know, you it ends sort of with, with Daredevil, Karnak, and number nine just sort of watching, like just standing, you know, Gorgon gets up there, standing over all the bodies and everything. Yeah. And, and Daredevil's trying to, in a way, probably console number nine because he knows how fragile her state is right yeah. now. And number nine is standing there, you know, a little bit, you know, kind of contemplating what just happened yeah. and wondering if, you know, if he could, if if he if she actually could have loved Ultron back, yeah, she basically starts to think about how she was reaching out to him and how that that 
there was something there. She says, you know, I could have helped him. That, 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 that's giving me purpose. The warmth that he was giving me was melting my heart. And I know that I wanted to be with him. I wanted to fix him because I knew that I could do it. That's what I'm here for is to help someone and I could help him. So she finds the head. She, she finds the one that she knows was the one which was attached to the body and says, you know, this one's still warm. Um, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to someday I'm going to find a way to revive you. I don't care how many voices you hear. I heard but one and it was a good voice and I'll hear that voice again someday. It's got to be. It's our fate. And that's uh, the end. Yeah, that's how it ends. That's what we are covering today. Um, these are interesting comic books. And um, I do want to say that the artwork, I feel like this, I mean, I, I like the artwork in the Typhoid Mary stuff, but this yeah. artwork was amazing for yeah. the team. You were right. Like Williamson um, and JRJR, uh, uh, they have really like, this is where they are, are meshing together so incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all it's it it works so well with Anasani's writing as well. The whole the, the team of just on such a good role at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for listening, everybody. Next yeah. week we're going to be covering uh, issues two seventy seven through. Sorry, not next week in two weeks. Issues two seventy seven through two eighty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice little run. Um, there's a couple of uh, I don't think it's uh, isn't it uh, Leonardi? He comes back for. I think the next issue, at least, let me just check. Um, yeah, we have uh, uh, Rick Leonardi and um, doing artwork in 277. Which I'm excited about because I really like that two-parter that featured Wolverine. That yeah. He did. Yeah, he's yeah. a great artist. Um, and then we go back, we see Blackheart comes back and Mephisto. It, it gets real trippy. It gets there's some really good stuff coming up. Um, um, it's the, the one bad thing about this about the issues that we're covering is that we're getting close to the end of Anna Seni and Jim Ramia Jr. and Williamson's run but mm-hmm. we have some really good stuff to cover um, but, what, but what's cool about that though Jamie is the fact that we're going to be you know we're going to have new creators coming in and yeah. you know we started with you know Stan Lee and, 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 you know and then and so we, many we, artists <laughs> yeah when Gene when Gene Colon came on mm-hmm. you know and, and Frank Miller and it's, it's just like it's just so it's so great that there are so many awesome creators that have put so much um, a kind of their own spin on the character. And that's why Daredevil is so awesome today because, you know, you know, people talk about like, oh, I like Frank Miller stuff the best or I like, you know, so-and-so is the best. But what's yeah. so cool is there are very, there are a couple of issues that, you know, I know we've talked about a few that are, you know, maybe not our favorite, mm-hmm. but there are so many good different stories with so many different creators and good runs like, long. Yeah. Good, like creators tend to have a good run with the character. They tend to have a, a chance to put their spin on it. And it's, it's great. It's really good stuff that we're covering now. And, um, there's some really fun things to come, but yeah. Daredevil. Ain't he great? <laughs> yes. Super great. <laughs> I will uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that you are all staying safe and healthy and uh, yes. adapting well to what's going on. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will be over soon. And and uh, me and Jamie will be able to hang out uh, in uh, the garage. Yes, we'll meet up in the garage someday soon. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Joshua. All right. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. And, and we, we just, just did, did Daredevil. Daredevil.